Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Aren't you just cute? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> M-I-C-K-E-Y. <laughs> Thanks for um, covering for me here, y'all. Yeah, I appreciate no you. Finding that yeah. paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Ronnie, how you doing? Hey Ronnie. Well, congratulations. Cool. Yeah, I will. I will tell him we're starting the first process of my son going into the military. So. Do we know what his uh, MOS is going to be? He wants to be um, a cavalry scout. As the internet goes out. <laughs> Good for him. Listen, I know what that I know what that MOS is all about, so <sighs> taking deep breaths. Very deep breaths. Yes. Very, very deep breaths.
cemetery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I haven't had any, I haven't gotten any word from Josh. Okay. Well, I'm sure if he's available, he'll come on. Yeah. How was Disney? Put it this way. <laughs> oh, nice. I got my light paper. I got two of them. Oh, those are uh, nice. It was, it was awesome. Um, I, I now understand why people get emotional at Disney World or Disneyland. When I went to Star Wars Galaxy Edge, hey Gene, I was overwhelmed. And when I saw the life-size Millennium Falcon, I actually cried. Not wrong with you know, that. No, I had tears. I was crying like a ten-year-old boy. No. It, it was awesome. It was awesome, <laughs> especially when I dress up as a uh, Jedi Knight and was walking around. Cool. I had one little kid come up to me and ask me, "Am I a Jedi?" And I go, "I'm not the one you're looking for." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, it looks like y'all had a really, really good time. I appreciate my show. We got a whole bunch for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love, love show. Yeah. They, I love them when they come from different places. Where did those shells come from? Which beach? They came from uh, Centibel. Nice. And that's the island that got hit by Hurricane Ian last year. Okay. And it literally wiped out the whole island. I mean, there was still pieces of buildings on top of trees. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, Jason. So, hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. Well, so how have you been? Yeah. Well, me, I've been doing fine, yeah. yeah. Except for, you know, what I did today. Other than that, I'm fine. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I had an uh, interesting event here at the fort. Oh, yeah? So I decided to take the ghost tube box that I oh, used nice. at the manor house in the basement. Okay. And went to my favorite location in the fort to see if I could find out who this lady in white is. That, that whole story has been going around. I asked the question, and I, and I recorded it this time. Can you tell me what is your name? And over that box, the, the word Betty came out. Huh. Me. Um, but when I'm doing the box setting, I'm also doing a standard EVP setting. And I got an EVP of the same female voice that I've captured throughout the fort saying, I miss you, because I haven't done any investigations at the fort for several months. Right. So it's like, oh, they miss me. That's creepy. (laughs) Oh. Well, they probably like you. I mean, because there's really, there may not be, you know, people that, is there, there's nobody really that does stuff like that out there but you, right? Correct. So. And. I got a message from TikTok, a user on TikTok, 
who used to live in the building that I've been investigating back in the 90s. It's Fort Monroe, Jane. Fort Monroe here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about the events that she had to go through that traumatized her in that house. Oh, wow. So now I have to rewrite half the story of the house. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, I haven't been out out to Fort Monroe in ages. They're are, they're putting that club back out there too, aren't they? Yeah, I saw the I saw the news. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do. Oh yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, what uh, controversial topics are we going to be talking about today? Well, what is your opinion on? Artificial intelligence and using that for paranormal research. Mm. I mean, I'm just learning the basics of AI. Um, it's fascinating, but it's also scary of what it can do. And me personally. I I I don't see how AI can be used as a as a tool for paranormal because AI works off of something a human programmed into it. Yes. But it also takes, yeah, it takes the input that we have to give it. Right. But it, it processes it faster and assumes, and then back up, it will process the information faster and look for patterns. Now, I'm not talking about like like uh, AI chat or GPT chat. This is where it'll take, um, let's say you have a business and you plug in all your numbers. It can predict when you should order things or when you're going to have a spike in 10 months on certain products. It looks for patterns. And I'm thinking, and this is where the data log comes in, that if you're at a haunted location, say, for six months, and you can plug in the numbers of the data values of uh, magnetic fields, EMF, temperature, this, that, and the other, will it predict a pattern of when occurrences happen? And how would it interpret that? Like I say, it's a brand new thing, and I'm I'm still learning the ins and outs on how it actually works. So, you know, maybe my idea is totally bonkers and what have you, but it's, I think there might be some, something there that we can use. Yeah. I am definitely not the person to to give an a educated opinion on it. Yeah, because, me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just what little I know, which is very little. Like I said, I just don't see it, but that's just me. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not going to worry about it until Skynet becomes aware. Then I'll get worried. 
with David not wishing that would be helpful. And then Ronnie said, I don't see it either, but not saying it isn't plausible. Just never know. Yeah. I don't know enough about any of that. Sorry. Can't help I'm you always there. trying to look out for new ideas. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. So what yeah. you've been using the ghost tube, what do you think about that? Honestly. Yeah. I'm on the fence. Okay. I mean it's I mean, we tried it at the manor house in the basement and got some what would you say, interesting comments? Yeah. Interesting yeah. words. Um it didn't seem like it was random. Um, I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I asked me in six months. Okay. Because, I mean, I downloaded it, and I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I think, go ahead. Yeah. That, um, what you were telling us earlier about, what is that, Betty? Yes, what, what mode was that on? Was it a phonetic mode or was it no, nope, that was work? That was um, the same mode that we use at the Manor House, the, the box, the VOX. I'm still just, trying to learn that one. Where it just takes the audio. Yeah. It's kind of like a radio tube. It's a ghost tube. Is like a, it has a built-in um, bank. It's an app, right, John? Because I just downloaded it. I saw it Saturday. Yeah. So I don't know enough about it, about it. Jason wants to know. The, the regular ghost tube has a word bank. The free version of it, I think it's like 356 words. I I don't like it because it, it kind of repeats itself over time. Yeah. Because that, that's just it. I, personally, I don't like anything that has a word bank built into it. Yeah. Now, the, the VOX, the box, mm -hmm. takes radio frequencies off the Internet, is how I understand it, and plays it like, it, like it's doing an SP7 box. Yeah, I haven't quite figured that how to use that one yet. I've got it on my phone, but I don't, I don't understand it, honestly. So I'm, I'm liking the VOX, the box. Okay. Um, but the other one has a word bank. I, I'm with David. I don't like anything that has a word bank on it. All right. Ronnie wants to know what's your opinion of the Envoy. We just added it to our gear and used it once with really no response. Envoy. I, I don't know too much about the Envoy. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about it. 
what is it like uh I was trying to look it up and see what it was. Oh, okay. The envoy is it the ghost box? Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it wouldn't yeah. that be similar and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that kind of similar to the to the Yeah, but to the grid also, like the or is that a whole totally different thing? It almost looks like it. Kinda sorta. Kinda. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it again because I was looking at it earlier. Oh, this sucker's expensive. $399. That's yeah, yeah. My goodness. Why is that stuff so damn expensive? Because there's a niche in the paranormal field that if it makes noise, lights up, and go bleep bloop and everything else, somebody will buy it. You know, it's a niche market. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. I don't like anything that acts like the ovulus. I think that those pieces of equipment are BS, just my opinion. That's from Mr. No Orbs, Paul Shields. <laughs> hey, Paul. Caradelia himself. <laughs> That's your new, that is your new um, CB handle there is Mr. No Orbs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, looking at some of the features on it, you know, EMF temperatures, it's touch. Um, I mean, they, they say it offers ghosts an easy way to communicate. Yeah. You know, display words, numbers, yes, no icons. And again, it comes down to, here's the question. How does a device, Ovilus, or what, what have you, how does it receive the information from the spirit and how does it determine what words to use? Right. Well, I think as far as the word bank goes, it's just random. It's, if you get a, if you ask what's What's your name? And you let's say you got Betty. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's purely coincidence. Unless you ask, unless you ask that ask that same question a few times, and you got the same answer a few times. Right. Now, if if like I said, when I did my session, I also had my EVP recorder going. Um, I didn't get any name, but if I did get a name. Betty, then I can say, okay, you know what, there might be something going on. Exactly. But it comes back down to documentation. You know, you got to document, okay, I'm using this device, I ask this question, and I'm going to compare it to a known device that actually works in the paranormal field. Then we can say, yes, this does help us communicate like an EVP recorder and compare the two. Yeah. even if right. you even if you put up against let's say an obvious, if they both come out with the name Betty, 
some good options to use that don't have a that doesn't have a built-in word box or word bank word banks I mean I like like the SV7 yeah and the Xbox I like anything that's <laughs> has to do with radio suites yeah yeah and I, think, um, that, I, I like the app to a word they do phonetic Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, I mean, with with my iPhone 13, um, I've actually gotten some EVPs just using the microphone on this, and I'm kind of playing with the idea because I have another iPhone like used. It's just opening like notebook. You're welcome. And turn on the microphone and see if it picks up a voice. They'll say words on the notepad. Oh, that like was, someone's actually talk, that's talking into it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm slowly getting onto the bandwagon on there's some apps which I think there's possibilities. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to turn around and say, here's the app of all apps to hunt for ghosts. This is all you need for an investigation. Yeah. yeah. Like everything else, it's Use it as a tool, as a piece of the puzzle to do the investigation. Right. Yeah. Yes, phonetics. Yeah. yeah. Remember what I told you about Kevin's wise guy. Yeah. Cell phones are great recorders for EVP sessions. Yep. And then Ronnie wasn't a fan of the um, SB7 until recently. I like them. They just give me a headache after a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I saw another one that I was interested in getting. I saw it on um, Amazon today. I'll send it to you. Tell me what you think, because it, it looks like a pretty interesting SP7 box. I think it is. It's different than the ones that we use on the tour, but I thought it was kind of neat looking. Well, if, it, if it's different than on an SP7, is it like, yes, talking it about is. like SP11? It might be. Hold on. I'll go back in and look. I think I'll so the SB11 will do different chat. Oh, there's I've got a, I have an SB11. Wow. How do you like that one? I like it. I like it. Because the, the one thing I, I really like about it is 
you can scan with it a whole lot faster than, and I like that because you have zero chance of getting radio interference. Oh, this is a SB11. Yeah, this is this is what I wanted to purchase. I wanted to get this, and I was going back and forth whether or not I wanted to get it. I've got that one. Oh, well, then I guess we don't have to get it. Then why aren't we using it? Because <laughs> we're using the SB7. Because well, that's what we loan out. I want to use the SB11. Well, you're more than welcome to use the SB11. Well, then shell it. God. <laughs> get my end. I don't have to borrow your shit. I got it in my cart. I got it sitting in my cart. I guess I won't. I guess I'll have to hold off on my singing bowl, <laughs> <laughs> which I have been thinking about bringing my my um, pyramid to the manor house just to see if we get any reactions from that. My singing pyramid. It's a little tuning instrument. Yeah. Hey, Paul, come on down to the manor house. I'll let you borrow mine. Yeah. Notice he said borrow. <laughs> now, those things, those things are freaking expensive. Yeah. John said there's a new there's a new SB11 box. Really, John? Well, I think I think everyone's overlooking um, DAS. You know, the ones you made the millimeters and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, you make one for EVPs. Oh yeah, uh, and I know I know Ghost uh, Ghost Shop has it because it's uh, D A S A and C, and it's a noise reduction model. Oh. So you can hook it up to you to the SB7. No, um, trying to think which one, either Rev Four, Rev Five, and you can change get rid of a lot of that background noise. Ah. Huh. Yeah, make a road trip. You'll see some information about it. Hello, Virgil. It's like this. You froze up, John. Because it also. John, you're freezing. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I think it's my. I think my computer is trying to do some silly stuff. But with that device, it all pretty spectrum. Yeah, Paul Shields said he, he bought one and it muffled the SB7 too much. Okay. Oh, well, I. I was looking at the SB11 today. Just wanted um, a newer piece of equipment to play with. Yeah, I need to update all my gear. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the SB11 ANC. That's what John Stevens says when I looked that up. SB11 ANC. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's on Ghost Stop. 
I don't know if this is the right one. SB11 radio suite for ghost hunting. eBay has them for $189. What's a good frequency to run um, on the SB7 box? It's the faster the better, isn't it? Yeah, faster the better. Yeah. The faster the better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on the SB7, I, I don't go anything slower than 100 milliseconds. Yeah. Yeah, because then you'll pick up uh, radio stations. Yep. Paul Shields said he bought the SB7 version. It was like $70, and Ronnie Anderson said he does 130 sweeps. Yeah, that sounds about right for it. Yeah. So, because I, I have seen a couple people run very slow, um, slow frequencies, and I live and learn. Well, I also find using AM is better than the FM. I do like using AM. Yeah. 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 Only thing, the only thing I don't like about the AM is, as far as the SB7 goes, is it the minimum or yeah, the, the the fastest you can sweep is only a hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And with and with at a hundred and fifty I I feel you have too much radio interference. Now with AM maybe not. Because there's not that many AM radio stations out there anymore. True. Hold on one second, you guys. I hear this. Do y'all hear the music in the background? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Kids there can't go. live without them. Can't choke them. Mm. Oh, if you, if you go to that website, yeah, if you go to that website I just uh, posted, they're the ones who made the um, the EMF meters, the DAS meters. Okay. The mill meters. The mill meters. Okay. And if you scroll down, it, it talks about some of the uh, A and C devices. Hey there, Phil. Actually, you'd be surprised how many AM stations are still on the dial. Oh, yeah. I'm sure oh, they yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hi. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. Probably quite a few. So yeah, we'll go on there. I have a hard time finding my own comments on my own stuff. So I'll go on there and look it up. But I did see I mean, this. The thing, I mean, the thing I don't like about the SB7 for the S-Box is the antenna is so small yeah. that if you're in a, in a building that's made out of brick, 
That's true. Too. Well, it's not as sensitive. Well, uh, I don't like the antenna period. Mm-hmm. On my um, SB11, I'll turn the antenna off. Because you don't want the radio. Yeah. I yeah, I have heard of some people pulling their antennas out completely. Hmm. Yeah. They took them out. Paul Shields took his antenna off, yeah. Because you, you, you want to eliminate the radio stations. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's, that's one thing I do like about the SB11. You can actually turn the antenna off. Interesting. We'll have to give that a try at the manor house. Yeah. 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 That would be a good good thing to do. Yeah. To try it out. I'd be afraid I'd break my own machine, my own SB7 box if I um. It would be my look. I would mess up my own piece of equipment. Guess when I see Paul Shields, he can take mine off. Be right back. Okay. Because I I would mess it up. I didn't realize I didn't realize you had it um SB11 box. No, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. I thought you had the EDI, and that was it. Uh, Eleven's in the in the same case. I never paid attention to it. Yeah. I'll have to get my own though, because you know, I'm greedy like that. <laughs> Borrow your equipment, and there, I already got the camera. So. I don't need to borrow any more equipment. I'll just get my in. <laughs> You're right, Paul. Uh, it, I know. It's terrible. I had no idea. No, he doesn't like to share any equipment with me. He's so greedy and an asshole. Don't listen to her. I share. She just takes things deep in. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> Where's my camera? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the camera. What camera? <laughs> Where's my speakers? Wait a second. Hold, hold on now. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty somewhere, where the hell are my speakers? Yeah, and your camera's right over here. I needed to borrow it. <laughs> we 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 have equipment between two between both of the cases. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to get some new plug foam for the case. Yeah, he definitely needs some new plug foam because his cases are looking ghetto as hell. For the tour, I mean, you know, when you're going to be doing a tour, it has to be fresh. That was something that he didn't put in his book. Everything has to be nice and fresh. Sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. My daughter, my daughter ordered DoorDash and didn't tell me, so somebody was pounding on the door. Oops. 
Spring pulling up. He didn't stay out very long. If that's my son walking through the door, I have to go catch him real quick. If it happens to be him, because you know he's in and out, and I, he's like a ghost. <laughs> Man, Manchester, England is such a dump. Virtually no chance of getting a leg over. Not even a sniff. Well, that's just Manchester. They're just manky manchies. That's all they are. Yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, as my wife says, you know why people in Manchester don't wear seatbelts? The damage has already been done. She's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's funny. Ronnie says everybody in our group has their own cases, and all cases end up at his house. <laughs> you get you get free free. Hey Jacob. Hey Jacob. Hey, what is your thoughts about using the device for Morse code? I I. Think that you should still use that. Morse code is so awesome, and I bet you you'd get some really good hits off of Morse code. Now I'm not saying it's a bad idea because I don't know. I love Morse code. I used to know it. How many people? Yeah, actually know Morse code to use Morse code. Let me rephrase that. The I don't know what it's called, the little tappy device thing. Right. Okay. Using that and having it, the, the gap between each connector is very, very small. So it doesn't take that much to make a connection. Uh-huh. What if you did like a yes and no session with it? Push it once for yes, twice for no. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, not, not not a full, you know, dot, dash, dot, dot. If that happens, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but you never, I mean, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and that, that would work off the same principle as the flashlight. Yes. Yeah. Same as a not for one, yes for two, for no. Exactly. Yeah. Not a bad idea. I can't remember the name of the little machine either that they use. It's been so long since I've messed with it. Because all you need is just a power supply and hook it up to a, mm-hmm. a speaker. It's been a while. Yeah. You know, really. Okay, now, that, that I, I can see. Yeah, I thought you first I thought you were talking about the dots and dashes and all that stuff. Not. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I'll be sitting there with the cheat sheet going, was that a dash dot dot or dot dot dash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. Either you said something nice or you just said something bad. Yeah. Either yeah. that help is that 
the two. Then I'll be Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Read it back. Dennis, yeah. you're a hole. Yeah, I'll oh. telegraph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of ways where we can advance the paranormal versus just buying gadgets that blame and, you know. Yeah. Really don't do much. What else? What are some of the newer gadgets? How are you? Have you used the? I can't think of the name of the piece of equipment that you bought brought to the manor house. Have you used that any further? It was a really cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Haven't used it. But the uh, theremin. Thank um, you. I couldn't remember the name of it to save my life, but I thought it was pretty cool when you Thanks used it the first time. Yeah, it, the only bad thing is the noise just gets on my nerves after about five, ten minutes, the high-pitched noise. Yeah. Oh, That's bad that? for I can't use a ghost box that long either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a three hundred dollar piece of equipment that doesn't work, and and yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing with like all the paranormal shops out there. The stuff is so expensive. Yeah. You know, if I want to spend four hundred dollars on something, at least explain to me the science behind it. That is true. It's too bad that yeah. you know. Wish I sometimes had the. To just make my own, that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. Would. you know, but I just don't have that that expertise to do that. I mean, my daughter even suggests that I learn um, what is it called, Raspberry. What is that? It's a um, a computer device that you build scratch. It's probably about the size of a stick. And you can program it for whatever you want it. Sensors, light meters, things like that. Like raspberry, it's like raspberry pie. Huh. But, I, but again, you know, I'm up to the point of my age, it's like that's above my grade level now. <laughs> yeah, but you're pretty, I mean, you're pretty um, techy with what you do with yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of ideas, just not enough time to do it. Yeah. For the money. All right. Got to go in here and do some construction work. At least when I met you, you were pretty techy. I mean, you was able to get that lady's um, car. Car fixed. <laughs> You were hell-bound and determined that you were going to fix their car. <laughs> I will get that damn car up and running at 2 o'clock in the morning by hell or high water. Yeah. That I remember. <laughs> and it was hilarious. But she did it, so. Then she got home. That's yep. all that matters. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, 
I, I just think a lot of people have just gotten really lazy and just relied on whatever you can buy off of, you know, go shop or something. Not saying their products are bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not right. saying it at all. Right. But you guys know me. I like data. I'm a data person. Yeah. And I just, I just don't see any value on some of the equipment. It doesn't tell me anything about the environment. Now, granted, you know, using like a magnetometer, things like that, yeah, you're going to spend eight, $900 on up. Yeah. And, and, that's, like that. and that's the thing I, I do like about the EDI meter. Yeah. Yeah, the thing I do like about that is it actually records, you can record everything. Yeah. Yeah. Only if they were cheaper. Only if they were a lot cheaper. Yeah. I mean, if you had, you know, five of them, five of these, or at least six, and place them in a, let's say, a 12 by 12 room, you know, you can get a good reading on the information on that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even if you go put three on the floor and, you know, be on a tripod or somehow mounted in the air. Yeah. Because, you know, we all know spirits like to move. Sometimes they'll a couple feet above the ground, and if this is sitting on the floor, it's hard to get it. So if you have it, you know, like in the middle of a door at chest level, you might get some. Yeah. Ronnie said he made a music box for 30 bucks. Well, you can make me one while you're sitting there making those music boxes there, Ronnie. And Ghost Shop sells them for four times that much. So. Yep. Never argue with the data. Yeah, Kimberly, you're right. Data collector over a period of time. That's the way to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. BMF should seem seem to be standard a good baseline reading before yep. EVP session, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Petrie. I'll pay you for it. Let's go. I don't know how to do it. Well you see, and that's where that Raspberry Pi device comes into play, where you can build your own sensors and have it, you know, remotely into the device. You can Bluetooth all your sensors into one location. Huh. I can't spell. Yeah, I can't either. Don't worry. I can't spell Jesus either. Yeah, I can't either. I, I, end, up, I end up spelling Jose. <laughs> Me neither. You ain't throwing one. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities out there. We just got to get people motivated to think outside the box. She wants to know if you are a Radio Shack junkie. Hello, Erica. Kimberly said, are you were you a Radio Shack junkie? Yeah, can't you tell? Gosh, Kim, you should be able to. I love Radio Shack when it was still around. Yeah. I would go in there and buy resistors, transistors, capacitors, 
circuit boards. Uh, you, you had a bus capacitor? No. I got the capacitors. I was just out of flux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, well, right, if you go to O'Reilly Auto Site, they actually have a flux capacitor on, on their website. Yep. Dark Brown. Great Scott. <laughs> 1.3 gigawatts. What were they thinking? Sorry. <laughs> Radio Shack was the best. Yes, it was. I work on video games and practical um, pinball machines, so that place was always came in handy. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but you probably buy everything but an anti-backfire sensor. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Radio Shack was a shit. Wish they'd bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. I, I need it. Yeah. I think there's like one one um david that person that you were talking about is actually on your wall i i can't do anything you're going to have to take the reins and take care yeah. of that it's the heat they're not on five time and they're not on me either they're with you oh boy so please get rid of gerbil boy That is true, yeah. You would know. How how many times have you been there? Once, and that was more than I really wanted. Oh, gotcha. We we know. We drove through there, and I felt my IQ look get lower. (laughs) It it, it made the people in West Virginia seem like geniuses. Yes, Tom, we miss Radio Shack. It really, I think there's only one in existence, isn't there? No, you can't. You got to get on your actual wall and do it. You can't. You can't do it through StreamYard because I tried. You have to, like, either get on your phone and somehow get on your wall. Yeah, Tom, you're right. They had some awesome radio kits. Yeah, like I said, I think there's only one in existence. I should go find it. Yeah, there, there. I know there is because somebody had said something about it. Somebody was talking about Radio Shack the other day and how they miss Radio Shack. So yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff out there that people should really look into. Um, I mean. If everyone just sat down and just picked one item that they wish they could build or make to help with a paranormal investigation, we would have like an awesome, you know, toolbox. Yeah. And especially with all the tech geeks out there who can build stuff and program computers and everything else. Oh, this would be this would be wild. You can go to Maryland. There's one in Maryland, Frederick, Maryland. And it reopens tomorrow at 10 a.m. Ooh. Yeah, I'll get right on that. (laughs) As as I'm looking. (laughs) 
yeah. So, I, like I said, I I think there's a lot of possibilities out there. We just need to kind of sit down and, as a collective for the paranormal field and go, okay, what works and what doesn't work? Yeah, that's true, too. That's a good idea. I know some of the stuff that we use at the Manor House, the cat balls, they seem to be working out pretty good. Yeah. Um, they seem to respond a lot. Quite a bit to that. So now, what about that? What about that grid that you guys have um, that tells you if something is like to the left or to the right or moving? I've, I've gotten some pretty. I've gotten some good hits off of the grid. I don't bring it up there very often, but it, mm-hmm. we've gotten some pretty good stuff off of that. I just wish that and and a lot of the well, pretty much all the evidence that I had got crashed with that external drive that crashed that's non-fixable so I lost all my evidence but we've gotten some stuff off of that if we just now, set it and leave it alone. Now how does that work? Is that just sending sound waves out like radar and it's bouncing back? Yeah. Or is it it is okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really cool piece of equipment. Yeah, I don't know if it's radar or sonar but one of them okay. Yeah. One of those cards. Yeah. Because yeah. I was looking at that, and it's like, that's really neat. Now, is it like a, does it just scan a small area, or is it a large area? It, it, it scans uh, maybe 170 degrees. Okay. So does it degrade further away from the sensor? Yes. Okay. Because I was looking at it on, on Ghost Shop, and it's like, that would be interesting. My only concern would be if a bug flies into the scan range. It's, not, it that, it's not that sensitive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice piece of equipment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been pleased with it. Like I said, I don't use it all the time. Because I definitely not on the tour because I don't want to be loaning a four hundred dollar piece of equipment out to you know a tourist, but I will bring it and you know keep it in the car for if we have teams out there, but some people have their stuff, so I don't have to really pull it out too often. I like the tripwire, which I can't seem to find anywhere, yes, so. I, I, I've got the big 36-foot one, mm-hmm. and that thing is just awesome. Yeah. Again, I think we could go a step further by collecting data on each sensor, but you know what? I'll, I'll take one right now. She drank and pulled up, she put the lime in 
called the doctor, woke him up and said, Doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said, Doctor, do you believe his belly ache? I said, Doctor, ain't there nothing I can take? I said, Doctor, do you believe his belly ache? Now let me get this straight. you freaks out there. This is Ryan, and I am coming at you live from the freaking awesome paranormal studios. I am flying solo tonight. Austin has some, some family stuff going on, so send uh, some prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully, everything is going good, or will be okay. I don't know if it's going good right now, but hopefully, everything will turn out to be okay, and uh you know, he'll be back on here next week. Um, got a few things to take care of before I welcome our guest onto the show. First of all, I want to welcome everybody 
a very happy International Carrot Day. Now, I know that this is a big holiday for people, you know, and people are out celebrating, having a good time, eating carrots, but I want you to be safe because, you know, if you eat too many carrots, you know how it can mess up your mind. So just be safe out there, guys, and uh, eat carrots responsibly. That's my the PSA brought to you by the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. Also, it is National Walk-Around Things Day. Now, obviously, I don't have to tell you guys what a great, what a big holiday this is because people just love to walk around things. C.R. Zarn said, carrots are good for your eyes. Imagine how good your eyesight is going to be after the day, after celebrating International Carrot Day. But also, it's International Walk-Around Things Day, which, again, one of the biggest holidays of the year, just below Christmas, I sent out my um, National Walk-Around Things Day cards last week, and um, I'm very glad to be here to celebrate with you guys this incredibly awesome holiday. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, the holidays for today. So, again, just be safe out there, guys, when eating carrots and walking around things. Just, you know, we want to make sure we're here next year for – our celebrations. Uh, We've got a um, investigation of the Cabin on 360 on Saturday, our first one of the year. I'm super excited about that. We have not had any, we have not had any public investigations out there. We've had private ones all all year, but it's our first public investigation. Um, And me being a dumbass on I am, I scheduled it the day before Easter. Then realized it to like what, last week. I'm like, oh, shit, Easter's this weekend. Oh, I have, a, I have an investigation on Saturday. So I'll be out there until like maybe 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and then got to get up and go do Easter Bunny stuff the next day. So I'm going to be dragging butt on Easter. But it'll be fun. It'll be worth it. You know, I'm super excited about having everybody out, everybody out the cabin. I'm also excited about the Easter Bunny coming on Saturday night. Hell, maybe I'll see him. Maybe I'll, maybe he'll be in the process of leaving the Easter eggs in the baskets, and I'll catch him in the act when I want, when I come home from the investigation on Saturday. You never know. I mean, it's all about timing, you know. Um, what's going on here? It's spring break here, and let me tell you what. It is the pollen season is awful out here. It is driving me nuts. I am just, huh. I mean, I like spring. I mean, I like to break some winter time, but honestly, it hasn't even been that cold here all year. So it's like, it's nice when it's, when it's cold all winter and then you get a spring, a nice break when the cold has been, it's going to feel like, it felt like spring all year, but the pollen's back, the mosquitoes are back and it's just miserable. I'm excited. I'm excited for summer just so the pollen can go away. <sighs> not excited for the humidity, though. I am not excited about that. So, anyways, enough of my babbling on about random shit nobody cares about, except the International Care Day. I know you care about that. I know. And push National Walk Around things, a big deal. But tonight we've got um, Traveler's Moon Para on the show, and we're super excited to have them. I'm going to go ahead and get them on here, and let's get this party started. Hello. 
Happy National Carrot Day, by the way. I know it's a big day. I know it's a big day for you guys. So I'm glad you could take the time out of your busy carrot eating schedule to talk to me tonight about the paranormal. It, it was, it was, you know, it's a toss-up. I was. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about carrots all night. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about carrots, all the different kinds of carrots on it if you want to. I'm sure that would be a riveting show that people would love to tune into. <laughs> oh man, so um, let's go back to the beginning, put out and get in the way back machine, and talk about how you guys got started in the paranormal what what sparks your interest in this this whole field um so i kind of was always just raised around it um my mother was very uh interested in the paranormal and so it was something that was around a little bit when i was growing up but then when i was about 10 years old we moved into a new house and we had extra guests in the house Mm. that uh, could not be seen, uh, could be heard, definitely. Um, and we had a crash course in how to live with ghosts. And it kind of sprung from there, just really learning, um, you know, kind of an, an interest in learning who people are, why they're still where they are, how to live with them. Um, and then a little bit after we moved, my abilities started presenting themselves, and I started feeling that energy more and later on being able to talk to them. So... Uh, it was it was somewhat because of situations, but also I think it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, and I think mine's actually kind of you know similar. Peter's on that stereotypical like, oh, I grew up in a haunted house type of story. Um, in the person but when you get to the more sinister 
you know, spirits that start just it's kind of harder to, to maintain that kind of calmness, I'll bet. Well, and the nice side about that is, I mean, 99% of the spirits that are out there are not anything that you need to be worried about. They're just people. Um, you are still going to have this, but, you know, if they had a little bit of an attitude in life or were hard to get along with, they're still going to be like that in death. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, um, there's not nearly as much negativity out there as TV it's one of those situations where you know you're dealing with you know ghost spirits essentially you're dealing with people and i say on a pretty regular basis your human human interactions are most of the time indifferent if nothing else but other times they're really good interactions every now and then you bump into an asshole which is yeah. it makes sense but that's also kind of stuff that has to be to stick out in your mind too oh yeah i mean there's the ones they're the ones that's going to make the bigger impression it's kind of like if you go to the grocery store you can pass Fifty nice, pleasant people, but the one person who was an ass is going to stick out. You're going to go home, and go, man, you should have seen this woman I ran into at the store. You know, that's the one that's going to stick with you. So, if you have a person who's got paranormal activity in their house, their your advice would be just to kind of treat them as part of the family, or just. I mean, I, I, I totally get that. That mentality is not for everybody. Um, so, I mean, if that's outside of somebody's, like, comfortability or sensibility, uh, that means they don't need to adopt that mindset. But it helps to, like, kind of change the mental focus. Just think of them as a person. Um, we don't do as many house calls anymore just because we're on the road mm-hmm. pretty frequently. We're pretty sure to form the travelers part of travelers yeah. move at this point in our lives. Uh, but it looks like consultation bugs, all people teach now. A lot of times people fly something and go, oh, there's this weird disconnect when you think about like ghost spirits. It, it becomes a what in our minds. And uh, that being reminded that it's just a who can right. really help. If the people don't want to treat them like family, they don't want to have those interactions. In our experience, a lot of times it's as easy as like, hey, you're freaking me out. Could you please stop? And right. I don't kind of respect that wish as, you know, much as any other reasonable person would. And you can kind of think of them like roommates. I mean, you may be in a home with three other roommates, and maybe you just don't really get along with one of those roommates. You just kind of silently agree to avoid each other. You know, you don't mm-hmm. really interact. You don't you don't cross paths unless unless you have to. But um, yeah, it's like Chris was saying. They're they're just people that have lost their meat suit in the majority of the cases. Yeah, I think a lot of times spirits have taken almost like a mythical like connotation to other people. Like you said, people don't look at them as people. Right. They look at it as something it is supernatural, but something that belongs. It's here. Here, yeah. And you know, people fear what they can't see. And you never know like if something's gonna happen. I can see how some people would would just be on nerve all the time because they never know what's going to happen next, if there's going to be something like throwing across the room or it's going to be, yeah. it's, that's like unnerving just to, yeah. I, and it can be even if you know that they're there. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we moved into a house that we knew that there were spirits there and there was one particular one in my room and I knew she wasn't dangerous. I knew she wasn't mean, but on occasion it would freak me out. I was still a kid in the grand scheme of things. And we had animals that would react to her. So like, I'd be trying to go to bed, and they're on the end of my bed growling or hissing over to a corner of my room, and I'm, like, trying to get them to stop, and they won't. And finally, I looked to where, 
it's an alcove. I had a little room off my room. I'm like, look, you are scaring me. Please stop. And it stopped, you know. Um, but I was still scared. It, it, even though I knew I was safe, even though I knew she wasn't anything to be scared of, it just the situation was uncomfortable. I mean, if you think even about, like, I mean, people like us who go out and do these things on a regular basis, you go out and you get a set number of people, and you're like, hey, can you set off a REM pod? And REM pod goes off. You're going to have at least three people going, holy crap. Yeah. That, I think that's just kind of natural human reaction to. Even last weekend like when we were at a location, I got turned and <laughs> walked quickly the other direction. I wasn't even close to this. I had to turn on a car and I was standing there, and it me, you know, and you have that same reaction, especially if you feel it, but you don't see it. Yeah, I was, I was. Or if you see it. Yeah, that's even better. I was, I went, I was downstairs in the Brick Rancher over at the Cabin on 360 by myself walking around. We had just, um, we just used our fog machine downstairs and it was really still kind of foggy. That I had, um, I didn't have a recorder going, which is stupid on my part, but I just started to turn the recorder off and I was walking, just by the steps, all of a sudden I heard this, a girl say hello. And, you know, I didn't run up the steps, but I walked, yes, yes, I, I power walked up the steps and power walked outside the door. And I was like, yeah, nope, sorry, yep. not today. Cause, yeah. how that works. I, I think they know when, you, like, you don't have that recording equipment and that's yeah. Exactly. It makes for a good story. And there, you know, like you said, you see someone who is not supposed to be walking in a room, and you know about yourself, and you see someone standing there, you're going to freak out. I don't care if if you're, like, one of those hardcore ghost hunters. You're going to jump. Yeah. This, your heart could just, just not, it's not something you're expecting to see or expecting to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, and it would be like having to live with that. Did you ever see anything, like, when you were living in the house, or did it, was it just mostly audible stuff? I'll share mine first because it's not nearly as much as it is. Um, we didn't see things nearly as often as we heard things, but we would see things on occasion. Like, our house was very long, um, and so we would sit out in the family room, and on occasion we'd look towards the front of the house, which is where the actual living room is, and you might see somebody walk across there or um, shadows. Sometimes for me, I didn't a ton growing up. We would see things move. We would see that something disappeared and later it would show back up, but we didn't see that.
and come into the living uh, room where I was. And, you know, it's, I've been woken up at this point, and I'm a fan. I, I was a fan as a child, so I'm like, I'm talking, I'm turning up, barrel rolling it in the, uh, in the day bed. And at one point, I roll over, and from where I'm at, I can see the bottom, you know, four or five steps. And there's this little boy sitting on the bottom of the stairs. So naturally, I do the universal protection from a three-year-old through blanket of my head. And I hate a lot of a lot of my own personal stories, having done this for a while, a lot of the stories I hear, uh, it's always a very quick thing. You know, it's like I thought, it was like, oh, shit, and it was gone. Uh, unfortunately for uh, eight-year-old Chris, this wasn't the case because I, you know, peek out the blankets, and he's still just kind of sitting there looking at me. So I throw the blankets up my head, and I, I don't move until I know I've heard grandma or grandpa get up. And looking back on it now, I mean, it makes sense. That was a little kid who was like, oh, cool, another little kid. Somebody to, like, to hang out with, somebody to play with. Uh, I did not share that mentality uh, at that time. I mean, honestly, if now, even now, if I saw an eight-year-old kid sitting outside my bed, I would not be, oh, okay, hi, what's up, how you doing? I, I, would, I would do the exact same thing you did. I would just be like, uh, no, no, nope, nope, nope. I am just going to sit here with my eyes closed until the sun comes up because that's just – and I'm out to move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go down to this location quite often called the Mason House Inn in Southern Iowa. And, I mean, I've been down there 50, 60 times, I would say. So I know all the spirits that are there. And I would love to see them on a regular basis. But I will tell you every night before I go to bed, I say, did you not want to wake up and open my eyes and have you right yeah. here? That's not going to go well. It's always that first time. You know, I guess yeah. once, once they establish it and you know they're near, they're there, and they're, they're like, they show up. You know, but it's that first time they show up that you, you show up whenever they want. hope you don't die of a heart attack. Yeah, just don't be like, yeah, don't be all, all up in my face. Don't be hovering on yeah. the Yeah. Go well. No, 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 no. I, I would appreciate if you don't do that. Thank you very much. Right. So um, you guys live in these haunted houses. What, when did you actually start, like, really getting into investigating? Well, it was one of the things, like, the – the interest was always there. I was always into like spooky ghost stories, and, uh, and it was probably around 0809. I'm like 15 or 16 at the time, and my last local library was doing like a, a book sale. I was getting rid of a bunch of old books, and I'm you know flipping through. I didn't get a hold of a bunch of old uh, Hans Holzer books. And I, you know, I just kind of casually started reading because I'm like, oh, it's about ghosts. It's going to be interesting. It's, it's starting to look, it, it looks like research. Like, it looks like people are actually, like, looking into this thing. And at the time, like, the ghost shows were, you know, had fair traction. So I started watching those a little bit more. And I just kind of casually started kind of poking around, like, local stuff. And some of it was, like, you know, teenager Chris is going to cemeteries trying to spook himself with uh, pieces of equipment. But... Uh, no, I think it really took real shape in uh, 2011 when I co found the first team. Um, I would say for me, probably, it, my teens is when I started kind of messing around with it again. I had a mom that was into the paranormal as well. Teenagers love to scare themselves. So, like, she would help us go out and find places to scare ourselves. We'd go play in the cemeteries like everybody else. And um, it was probably late teens, early 20s that I started deciding 
going out and trying to prepare ourselves, but really think about what is the history of the location, what is the history of the might be there, um, and, and just learning more about how, why, what, um, using some of the equipment that was available to see, you know, can we actually capture something that will help show that these things are being experienced and um, I don't even know. For sure, when I joined my first official team, I don't remember when it was, um, but it's, it's been a lot of years. Between the two of us, we've got about 35 years of experience. So they know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't know that anybody truly can say they know everything about paranormal investigating. There's no experts. We don't know. We think we yeah. It's always. You can speak our own truth on yeah. subjects, but like as far as like this is the objective truth, when everything else that we do is intensely subjective, it's just a very hard thing to. It's not. And, that's why I don't believe there will ever be a paranormal expert, right. so to speak. Yeah. Because we are, we really don't know what is going on on the other side. We, exactly. Yeah. We think we know what they're saying or what they're telling us, but we don't. We don't really have any idea. We just kind of fake it until we make it type, type of thing. Uh, yeah. Do we know how to go out and set up the equipment and do our best to capture from that? Yeah. I mean, we've got that experience, but, um, you know, we just, we always cringe a little bit when somebody's like, oh, they're experts. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not really a, the right term to use when you, when you talk about the paranormal. Cause again, we're just kind of feeling, feeling our way in the dark and hopefully, hopefully we get literally you know, some answers. <laughs> Um, we got a question from Karen Adrian Huan Zarn. Uh, are ghosts considered spirits of the dead that, for whatever reason, are stuck here? I mean, I feel like that's a that's a start of a definition. Um, as far as like our approach, like yeah, we believe that ghosts are spirits of the dead. Um, like you said, we don't totally know what it mm-hmm. is. For all we know, it's like connection to a parallel universe somewhere. We don't actually know how that works. But the way we approach it, yes, spirits of the dead. The word stuck is a word we tend to avoid, though. Um, a lot of times it's just people who want to stay. When you pass it, your free will doesn't go anywhere. So you don't lose that free will. We go to a, a place like the Granger House, which is uh, – small Victorian home, uh, actually a few blocks from us. It's, it's the matriarch of the house who was just so intensely proud of her home. But you also go to like more negative places like prisons, like why would somebody choose to go there? Uh, but for better or worse, there's a type of person who thrives in prison. And, you know, that you see them wanting to stick around that environment. Or even like a mental asylum, you know, maybe you don't know what their life was like before they got to that mental asylum. Maybe that was the most stable, caring uh, home that they ever had, and that's why that's where they choose to come back to. But um, the only other thing that I would, I guess, elaborate on that is we kind of go back and forth on, not back and forth, but we have different definitions of what's a ghost and what's spirit. Um, A ghost is, in our opinion, the residual haunting, which means that the, the spirit, the energy, the essence, whatever you want to call it, of that person who has passed isn't actually still there. 
it's more of an imprint. It's like a movie, something that happened in the past that's being replayed, but the person themselves isn't still there. And that's oftentimes what we'll refer to as a ghost versus a spirit. Is We refer to them as the intelligent spirits, the ones who they're fully aware we're there, they're aware that they are there, um, they can interact with us, they can talk, they have that free will, like Chris was saying. It, it is the spirit, the essence of that person who is still there. So sometimes you'll have a haunted house, a haunted house that isn't truly haunted because the spirit of the person isn't still there. It's just a recording that keeps playing overnight. So every night at 5, 10, the back door opens and closes and you hear boom, 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 like boots across the floor. Well, that's somebody coming home from work, and that's what they did every night at 5, 10. They walked in the door, and it's that memory that keeps playing over and over. Like the residual haunting type type thing. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's kind of our our phrasing, like our approach to it anyways. Uh, The intelligent haunting, we refer to that as spirits, residual, ghost. Do you remember what your first uh, EVP you've ever captured was? Yeah, I do. Do? I don't. No. I, I don't uh, know what our first great one was. But. I mean, the ones that you remember, not the very, like, the first sigh yeah. you heard or first breath, but something you're like, holy crap, this is awesome. Um, so, once I started really doing investigating, it made sense that, like, I know Grandma and Grandma's house is haunted. Let's just investigate there, and they're open to uh, the spiritual thing. Uh, so, they let us in all nine of those times, and yeah. Like Sony recorder ran to grandma's house, and one of the first things I was curious about was this little boy. You know, I saw, uh, I got the audio clip somewhere. It was like, uh, saw you at the, the foot of the stairs when I was really young. Uh, can you tell me what your name is? And we got Greg. So, like, the first EVPs, my recollection I was getting was that, like, confirmation that I had as a child, which was a very, very cool thing to me. Um, I've tried to do some actual, like, digging into, like, the research of, like, who Greg might have been. Uh, but over the course, uh, my grandparents' house was really old, like, mid, early, mid-1800s old. Uh, so this was a, a parsonage for the church next door. It was a funeral home. Uh, the basement was, like, a temporary morgue. While it had that funeral home status, there's local legend and aspects of the house that suggest that um, it might have been part of the Underground Railroad. Um, so the water seemed really muddy when trying to figure out who specifically uh, Greg was when he was alive, but I know, I know that little boy's name's Greg. Wow. So one of our, one of my first most memorable one, I guess, and full credit goes to Pat, who's in chat with us right now. Um, I was on an investigation with her, and she had a recorder that was running, and it would randomly turn itself on and off. And we were walking from one location to go to the bath that it was at Mason House Inn. We were walking down the hallway to go to the back bedrooms in the stairway, the servant stairway. And the recorder turned itself on, and you start say something, only talking, then you hear clear as day, oh, my God. And then one of us says something else, just calm again, no reaction to mm-hmm. it. So we did not hear it at all, but it was as clear as our voices were, we found out that that stairway that we were walking to actually has a story that um, it was a servant stairway, 
and there was a 19-year-old servant who was carrying laundry down the stairs, and she fell, tumbled down the stairs, and broke her neck. Um, oh, wow. We don't think it probably was her, because when you fall, you don't usually form okay, sentences. Yeah. It sounded more like somebody who found her or heard her fall. Do you think that was a residual haunting, to go yeah. to example of what you were talking about earlier? Yeah, I'd definitely say that's probably yeah. more residual. And I noticed in chat the use of the term stone tape theory, yeah, same things like that residual haunting idea of the, the property or the thing itself is actually holding that memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was, it was cool it could be, though, because we're listening to it later at night. We're just kind of hanging out listening to it, and that pops up where I was, whoa, what did that just do, you know? So. Yeah, that's always the best when you get, like, a class A, like, no doubt about it, EVP, and you're just like, oh, oh my God, it's still, it's still exciting to capture yeah. those things, you know? And it's it's like, it's like I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I am um, really, I can't think of the word, but we're, the fact that we're getting voices from the dead just amazes me, and I'm like, I'm still just, I can't, I can't get over it. But I, at the same time, like, I feel like I should be more excited yeah. about it, concerning what it is, you know? Right, right. But it's like, oh, well, this is really cool. All right, just do this, and it's like, I should be like super, like, pumped up about it. I guess. But. I think you froze up for a second there. Yep. Okay. There we go. We're back. All right. You're getting good. All right. And you froze up again. I wonder if it's – is that the, it's, is that no, the big storm you're talking about? Makes sense. Uh, actually, we haven't we're down had here. any weather yet. I've oh. been trying to keep an eye on, like, weather and radar. Nothing's really uh, come through yet. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, – We're also in the room that's our safe room for the house. Oh, uh, okay. The center of the house in the basement. So, we're not going to know for sure if it's – I got you. I got you. So yeah, it was just it's just you know, I my first the first EVP I captured, it was actually by accident. I left my recorder going in my pocket. We're at a plantation house in uh, Powhatan, Virginia, and we went outside to um to go out for a smoke break and you hear this clapping and then you hear an Indian chanting clear as day when I got home listening to the EVPs with my headphones on. I hear it. I take my headphones off. I look at them. Put it back on again. I'm like. Like, have you broken? (laughs) Exactly. Did I hear what I thought I just heard? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if one of the people uh, during the investigation starts chanting like an Indian clapping, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that was like ours. If somebody had yelled, "Oh my God," we would have all stopped and gone, "What? What? What?" You know. You have, yeah, you would have. You would have responded. Like there's an EVP I captured upstairs in the log cabin, um, and it was a female voice saying, "I'm naked." Clear as day. And again, I was up when I captured. I was upstairs with my girlfriend and my friends. And if someone had said during our investigation that they were naked. <laughs> Would have gotten yes, it would. It would have elicited a response from one of us. <laughs> like, um, what are you talking? And why are you? Exactly. Naked? You have a very special group of friends. Yes, and she was the only girl with girl with us. And again, I'd be like, uh, why are you naked? I mean, you know. So it's uh, 
it's just crazy. Some of the stuff you were able to capture and, you know, uh, CR Zarn is wondering, um, what would you recommend for a new group just starting out? He has a digital camcorder, an EMF meter, and an audio recorder on my phone. So the the phone-based thing is obviously a good approach to, like, start with. We've got, you know, these supercomputers in our pocket that most of us just use to look at it memes and porn, and I think like they can use for a lot more than that. Um, so we have a few kind of, like, go-to piece of equipment uh, that we use. So the EMF meter, uh, and if the EMF meter's on the phone, I would say maybe invest in a, like a, a proper, like a K2 or a magneter. Uh, the EMF detector on your phone will pick up some electromagnetic fields, but I can't remember what specific sensor in the phone is being used to substitute that. I was going to say, it's going to have to filter out um, some of the EMF because your cell phone itself puts off EMF. So, mm. so yeah, it's going to have to have some sort of filter built into an EMF that's on your cell phone because of that, right? For some reason, I thought it was like a magnetic gyroscopic sensor, but that doesn't sound like that's something that would not do that anyways. The KCs aren't very expensive. No. Um, definitely something that can be obtained. Yeah, the digital camcorder is good. Um, the phone, like the phone's actual camera, is a uh, yeah. awesome feature. That's kind of where, I mean, it wasn't like phone camera, but like people just kind of assume you need like a big expensive camera. And honestly, the cheaper, the simpler camera. The better <laughs> um, yeah, I think a, uh, and it, it teeters on cliche, uh, but I think a good tool for investigation of <laughs> Your own, I don't, I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but. Don't just tell what you feel. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was, you know, what I was going to say, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest tools that you have in your arsenal is yourself. And I think too often we discount the things that we sense or feel when we go into a location. Pay attention to where you don't feel as safe or where you feel like you need to look over your, your shoulder more often because it just feels like there's someone else in the room. Where does it feel like the energy is? a little bit higher where it's buzzing, where your hair starts standing up. Um, make sure you are listening. Make sure that you're using your ears, that you're still using your eyes, because I know for me especially, oh, yeah. I'll go into a location and they put a piece of equipment in my hand and I forget to pay attention with everything else because I'm so focused on that piece of equipment in my hand. Also, one of the coolest investigations I ever had, there was a, a huge blunder. Long story short, I ended up with a case full of like stuff I would take to conventions with me, like tablecloths, banners, et cetera, instead of the large case that had all of my equipment in it, because <laughs> for some reason those had to be identical cases. Um, but that was probably one of the best investigations I've ever had, for, at least for me personally. As a documentarian, I wanted to go, like, jump off a bridge somewhere. Yeah. But as the person having, like, these experiences, I, I thought it was, yeah, it's like people come become too dependent on the electronics, and they forget to um, just believe, stress their senses, and and not be so like focused on the flashing lights. Um. Yes, uh, definitely that we have a couple. So at the uh, 
Dr. if that is your real name, uh, who's starting off with just phone-based stuff, um, just are a, a tricky field tr to traverse. We have found a couple that we have grown to uh, trust over the years. Yeah, so there are a million still steps out on your phone right now. Um, you do need to be cautious. A lot of them are going to be for entertainment purposes only um, and have algorithms that are going to make them fun to use. Um, but there are a couple, like Chris was saying, that we have researched more. We've actually talked to the developer of them, um, and so we do support his applications. Our primary ones that we use are called Spiritive and Necrophonic. Both mm -hmm. of these are created by Keith Weldon. Um, so the reason that we lean towards these particular applications is because you do not have to have an active phone. But it is best for you to have no cell service, no Wi-Fi, no data, no calling ability. Um, I have my, my old phone that we take out in investigations with us. It, it's a dead phone. It's not my current phone. Um, but it, it, like Kurt said, it's kind of like a mini computer, but it's hooked up to nothing. So we can pull that up and we know that it's not receiving any GPS signals, it's not picking up any radio or anything. Um, what the applications mm -hmm. do then, I'll let you um, on that. Yeah, they're basically a form of ITC device, instrumental transcommunication, um, spirit boxes that, you know, you go out and you see on TV. Uh, so instead of that, like, sweeping through radio stations, uh, what Keith has set up is actually a series of sound banks or phonemes. So not like a whole word or even parts of words, but the enunciation of huh or ah. So in order to get something come through as profound as hello, Kelly, um, now talking to Keith, obviously nothing's mathematically impossible, but anything above a single syllable word is highly, highly unlikely. Um, yeah, those are a, a couple of like phone-based things you can trust. Uh, and that's, you know, 12 to $13 for a download mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, 100 bucks for a spirit box. Right. And I'll tell you the thing that sold me on those. I mean, we've done our research to see why we feel, in a more scientific manner, why we support these applications. But um, being a medium myself and being able to speak directly to the spirit, we'd be out on an investigation. We would have, we'd ask the question to the spirit. I would hear them answering with my abilities and hear the answer come out of the box. So, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible for me to say that his applications don't work because I'm getting it from both sides. Um, it, it's just we've had amazing, amazing responses from his application, for sure. Yeah, I can vouch for the necrophonic. I use that a lot when I'm on mm -hmm. investigations, and it was kind of the point where it's like, I'm getting all this, this get responses, and it's talking about, it's actually responding to what I'm doing, and and it's like, but this is like a $20 app, and these, there are these mm -hmm. other pieces of equipment that cost 100 bucks. I'm like, how is this, how is this so good compared to the stuff people pay off my money for. And it's just, you know, I don't think people trust the phone apps because they're so cheap. They're like, there's no way this could be as good as a piece of equipment that costs more money. But, oh, you know, yeah. it's true. And a lot of my skepticism also came from, like, initially came from, like, back in the day, all you really had was, like, ghost radar. Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I had that on my phone. A couple phone. other of those, like, yeah. big entertainment-based yeah. apps as opposed to stuff developed by investigators for investigators. And I see more and more of it, so whenever we get a chance to, like, the like the test drive them, um, I found one recently. It's a uh, 
basically like the style of a music box. And uh, oh, it's called, so yeah, Spirit uh, Music Box is like five bucks, but it uses the, uh, basically the gyroscopic sensor in the phone to, it's not going to act like a normal music box where an infrared beam goes out and it breaks it, mm -hmm. uh, but like the slightest touch tap, it basically turns your phone into an awesome vibration sensor. Uh, very sensitive to even a little bit of movement. Uh, Kendra Blomberg, I think I'm pronouncing it right, says, do you feel, feel that things like dowsing rods could invite unwanted spirits into your house? I feel like any of this, you have as much of a possibility of inviting something into your house as anything else. Um, I think because what, when you start looking at the tools that are more intuitive, like the dowsing rods, pendulums, Ouija boards, God forbid, um, they get this negative uh, connotation that goes with them that, oh, of course, they're evil. You're going to welcome something ne negative in. But how is that any more dangerous than walking in with a spirit box and saying, is there anybody here who wants to talk to us? It's not. Um, what you need to do, though, is you do need to protect yourself. You need to put some precautions in place and just say, hey, you know, we are only here to speak with spirits that mean us no harm and are not going to affect our energy. That's not saying, I mean, we're not speaking just to the demons. We're talking to the athletes, which we talked about at the beginning of the show, then you're not allowed to mess with my energy. If you're not going to interact in that way, you're not allowed to interact with us. Um, regardless of what type of tool that you're using, be it dowsing rods or a spirit box or a cell phone, you should always have a little bit of that protection put in place just to say, hey, if you're going to mess with my energy, you're not welcome here. And then, you know, um, the question that normally follows that is, if you do have something that you feel like is going with you when you're leaving a location, just say, hey, if you didn't come with me, you're not welcome to leave with me. And put that that energy, that intention out there. So much has to do with intention. And as long as you have that good intention of only dealing with spirits that mean no harm, that's what you're most of the time going to interact with. Now, why do you think people don't put dowsing rods or pendulums in the same in the same area as um, a Ouija board. It's almost like Ouija boards are in their own little world, like where it's like guaranteed to talk to a demon if you touch a Ouija board. Like you're guaranteed to have an attachment. But it's okay if you if you do dowsing rods. It's still the same oh, yeah. energy either way. You know, they'll hand you dowsing rods all willy nilly on like oh, yeah. like haunted city ghost tours. Yeah, know? farmers have been using uh, for years. Have fun yeah. with this. Um, no, I think. Uh, don't get me wrong, fantastic feature film came out in 1973 that had put a bad spin on uh, on what used to be a board game. And I, so we've done previous, like, Ouija boards and permanent research. It all pretty much can be put to the exorcist. Um, this little girl was playing, uh, in real life, a little boy uh, was playing with a Ouija board, and next thing you knew was, you know, head spinning, pea soup, and that awful, like, crawling scene. Mm -hmm. No, that one's just wrong. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. it's true. You, media, movies, mm -hmm. it kind of takes uh, takes it to a whole different level. And the people use dowsing rods, they're like, oh, this is fine. But you, still, you can still open up stuff using... Right, I, I, I was... Finish my thought. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think that there's just there's a belief out there a lot 
partially because of the movie, that if you use the Ouija board, you're going to have this negative energy. So even if there isn't a spirit that comes through that has negative energy, people convince themselves that they feel bad. Mm-hmm. They convince themselves that there's this negative presence and they start getting spooked by it, whether there's really a spirit there or not, because that's what they believe is going to happen. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot because we go into all sorts of locations that are haunted, and some of them have got some pretty gnarly history. I mean, we've been into Waverly Hills, Hemhurst, uh, some places just the Ballista Axe Murder House. Um, but we walk into them knowing that we're going to be okay. We walk into them knowing that they can't really mess with our energy, and we walk out just fine. I mean, it's very, very rare that we have anything that we're like, ooh, we need to fix this. But then I think that goes a lot to we know we're going to be okay. Now, if we walked in always thinking that we're going to be overwhelmed by the energies that are in a location, it's like almost like giving permission for that energy to overwhelm you. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Well, it's like if you expect things to happen, and it's like even if stuff doesn't happen in your mind, you can convince yourself that this is what's going on. Oh, definitely. I mean, if you go in expecting to, you know, poke demons in the dark, there's a chance you're going to get possessed three times in an episode. It's just it, that's uh, basically manifesting uh, all of your own stuff. Um, yeah. And it, it can be, your, your mind can play such a big factor oh, yeah. on it because there's sometimes that I can walk down a hallway and I'm perfectly fine because I'm not thinking about the fact that I should be scared that I'm in this dark abandoned building all by myself walking completely alone and oops, I forgot my flashlight. But if I allow myself to think about this, then all of a sudden I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Well, just, if I, I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's just like your, your, the mentality you had when you were growing up, when you were like, hey, this is just another part of the family. This is just, it's part of this world, but part of this world that you can't see.
skill set to not just help myself, but also help others. And just remembering that you can walk away from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I mentioned Velissa a little bit ago, and for anybody who doesn't know Velissa, it's... Um, it doesn't know Velissa. I mean, if you're not from the Midwest, maybe you wouldn't, <laughs> but... Um, it was a home that in 1912, a family of six along with two house guests were all murdered in their sleep overnight by an act. Um, it's Iowa's most notorious unsolved murders. Um, and I was nervous about going to that location for the longest time because I was worried about how that energy would affect me. So I had like every level of protection I could think of put up around me. My bubble was mm-hmm. around me trying to keep myself protected from it. But even doing that, knowing that, it still got overwhelming at times. And I knew walk out of the house, you know, just get out of the house for a little bit, reset, reground, and go back in and you're going to be fine, you know. Um, but it, it's also that paying attention. You have to pay attention to how you feel, too, and making sure. If it does start feeling like it's too oppressive, like maybe things are getting built up too much or that there is something there that's uncomfortable, go away from it. Don't stay around if you don't want to. Yeah. That's what we do when we have people start feeling weird inside the rancher. Um mm-hmm. Bring them outside, have them ground, just calm down, you know, and if they feel like going back inside, they can. But once they're outside of the house, inside of the structure, they automatically start feeling better. It's just convincing them to leave because once once they get get a hold of them, they don't want to leave or something's keeping them there. They They forget that they can actually leave until someone says, hey, you know, you're not acting right. We need to bring you, take you out of here. And sometimes you have to step further than outside the house. I know when I was at the Sally house, I stepped outside the front door. I'm like, yeah, this isn't quite far enough. So the mansion across the street has this beautiful, lush, green lawn. And thank God they didn't look out the window because at some point at 2 o'clock in the morning, they'd have seen me laying out in the yard. So That would have been, you know, okay, just another day. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I was going to say they get that lawn. Probably, yeah. They, it's a gorgeous lawn. Yeah. I mean, if you see a green lawn like that, you got to lay down. It's just, just natural human nature right there. Um, yeah. So we're getting close to the end, and I definitely appreciate you guys coming on the show and chatting with me tonight, yeah. um, taking time, especially on International Care Day. Definitely. It's been fun. Yeah. Like, that's the only drawback. He's like, we took it we took the day, I didn't check my calendar prior. Right. Go yeah. back upstairs or eating carrots again. Um, so what is your, like, what is your favorite part of being in this in the paranormal field, I don't know if I have a singular favorite part. I get to what's the best part of it? Like the most, like the sappy boy of me says that I get to do with uh, with Kelly all the time. Um, it is like I, I love the traveling. I love the history. I love these cool old historic places. I love the spirit of vacation. It's a yeah, it, it is an all-encompassing thing, not just that I love it, it's also an all, pretty much an all-encompassing thing in my life at this point. Um, if I had, like, one single, like, single thing, driving up to a new location, I think if I had to, like, pick, like, one thing that, like, I could just repeat all the time, it'd be that, like, you come around the corner and we, uh, we just went to uh, Randolph County Asylum, uh, this last June or something like that, and going down the highway, it's like, oh, there's a building there. There's bullet, and there it is. Oh, yeah. That's that's a cool feeling. Yeah, 
And I definitely say, I mean, being able to, to travel around and, and being able to do that with somebody that you enjoy spending time with is, is amazing. Um, I think besides that, though, I like to think that we are helping keep the memories alive, whether it's the memory of the spirits that are still there or the memories of the location. We're helping ensure that they don't get forgotten, you know, um, because it's, it's so easy for us to forget the past and to, to let things kind of slip away if it's not current. And so much of this is, especially the, the historic buildings and the, you know, I mean, just being able to say, hey, Dora Granger lived in this house. This house is as beautiful as it is because she loved this house. And helping people remember, hey, she's still here. She's still helping take care of this house. So um, all of that, just I think that would probably be the other part of it for me. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, it was fun. I want to give you a chance to just talk about what you guys have coming up, how people can get in touch with you <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, anywhere you find anywhere online at Traveler's Moon Para, uh, because just Traveler's Moon has taken a lot, like on social media, weirdly enough. Um, our website is uh, travelersmoonpara.com. Uh, Facebook is just Traveler's Moon. And Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Technically, we have a Twitter. We don't use it. Um, we have a YouTube channel, which is where we share some of our videos. It's where we have our full-length documentaries released out on. Yeah. Facebook's where you can find all of our events. So we do host events throughout the course of the year, where you know, uh, whether it be like online live stream investigations or bringing people in to do like a public investigation, all that jazz. Um, so, or you can some stuff that might be coming up next this upcoming weekend. So we actually did the same thing as you. We mm-hmm. booked an investigation for the next core Easter. Um, we'll be I'm not the only the, one. Good. We, we changed it though. We bumped ours up to Friday night. Now. Oh, and well, then we bumped our Easter to Saturday. Yeah, yeah, so it, we thought we were fixing it, but then... We didn't fix the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we'll be live-streaming investigation from a newer Iowa location called Victorian View. Um, it's a Victorian-era mansion. It's day job, the bridal shop, which is an interesting combination of, uh, of personalities. Not a whole lot known about the location, so we'll be kind of digging into that. Um, the weekend after that, we'll be in Dubuque, Iowa, uh, Kelly Host. Uh, five? Yeah, we have five um, Psychic and Paranormal Expos that myself and Pat Kraft host. Um, the 15th is the Dubuque Show, and so we bring in 30, 40, 50 psychic mediums, healers, paranormal investigators, haunted locations, um, and 